What is up, everybody, and welcome to DFS No Punt Intended, right here on DSM Media. We're live every single Thursday night, 9 p.m., as always, on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. You know the drill. Share it out. Send in all your comments, fantasy football-wise, and let's just have another great, fun night, as we always do. As always, I'm joined by my partner, Jason Sullivan, and we have a special guest tonight, Sia Najad. I mean, this guy's one of those super busy fantasy guys and betting guys out there. He's with the Early Edge, the First Cut Pod. He's with Win Daily Sports. I mean, this guy does literally everything. And 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 I'm not going to just, you know, gush a little bit about this. You've cashed in the World Series of Poker main event, and I'm sure everybody comments on that. That's like a dream of mine right there, to play in the World Series of Poker. So welcome to the show, Sayyid. So you did, yeah. I feel like you did research. That's awesome. Although it's like just in my Twitter bio, but nobody yeah, ever mentioned that was that. my whole research. The Twitter bio, right there. But <laughs> nobody ever mentions the World Series of Poker main event oh. thing. Yeah. So I did it. Uh, it was kind of like a a one time thing uh, three or four years ago, and uh, ended up playing for I guess thirty five to thirty seven hours. You know, over wow. you know, got into the fourth day, and uh, pocket fives got busted by Ace King, King in the window. So it was pretty anticlimactic. If I had doubled up, it would have been quite the tournament but yeah i cashed it was awesome but yeah thanks for having me on the show by the way guys i talked to my family and i said listen sit down and i said there's a couple of eagles fans they seem like really good guys which like is kind of like a you know a paradox right but i said they seem like a couple of really good guys and and they asked me to to come onto their show and uh talk some dfs with them and after just some labored thinking and consternation they were like green light go ahead yeah just remember it's just i'm the only eagles fan he's he's a detroit lions fan you know he, right. he he's a michigan state spartan right there that's that that's that's just as bad maybe worse maybe better i'm not sure <laughs> So speaking of Michigan State, behind my right shoulder, I think, I don't know, I'm all confused because of the camera, um, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, of course, uh, Michigan State grad, and my favorite right. player growing up, as you can see the jersey on the other side. So uh, yeah, I'm all about Michigan State. I'm all about the Detroit Lions too. Good for you for sticking with the Detroit Lions. I love it. 
It's uh, not the easiest. I'll be honest with you. It, it, it hurts a lot. Well, I'm a Washington football team fan, so I totally yeah. get it. Well, that's we should have waited till next week to have you on when you know Washington and the Eagles are playing each other. You know that that would have been uh, that would have been fun. We could have had a little fun with that one. Well, we got we got um we got a couple of those coming up in the next month yeah. or so against the Eagles. So maybe I'll maybe I'll just like crash the party. You can send me the link and I'll just come in for like five minutes. Like you'll have a different guest or something, and we'll just I'll just talk all kinds of smack and then I'll just jump off and that'll be. I, I my think time. I think that works really well. Anyway, nice. you're super busy. You do some great work. Actually, Jason and I love you from the first cut. We're, we're big you. fans of the first cut pod. We just started. We just wrapped up the first season of our golf podcast this year. Um, we're we're huge fans of that show. I awesome. you know just want to you know let you know you guys do great work over there. We're we're real big fans of that. Uh, totally appreciate that. You want to hear a fun fact? So Rick Gaiman, of course, who also has the 300 Yards to Unknown podcast, and everybody knows who that is, of course, RickRunGood.com. Mm-hmm. He interviewed Victor Hovland, who you might know this, like a month ago. And I was on a Twitter Spaces thing with him just a few days ago. And I asked him, what's the most interesting thing you learned from your interview with Victor Hovland? And he said that Victor Hovland watches the first cut. And I was like, how am I just, how am I learning about wow. this now? Like, that's, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Anyway, so I thought that was, uh, that was pretty cool. But thanks for the compliment. I, I, uh, I'm only there on Monday nights. Obviously, they have a show every single day, yeah. but, uh, or at least Monday through Friday. And then on the recap show on Sunday, it's, it's such, it's such a good production. It's such a good mm-hmm. team. Um, we, I, I super appreciative of you, uh, bringing that up. It's, it's a great, it's a great show. We'll, we'll definitely bring you back when we, when, when season two of Fairway to Heaven kicks off in January. You, you, you're on my short list of one of the first guests we're going to call because, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's great stuff right there. Absolutely. Appreciate right. it. Let, let, let's get into this week, week 14 DFS. Um, you know, I, I mean, I was looking at the Slayton. I wasn't super excited about it at first. Um, but before we get into it, I, I like to get first time guests. You know, what is like your basic strategy? Because there's 100 strategies out there on how to build a lineup. And, and as long as you're cashing, there is no wrong strategy. Everyone's got right. their own way of doing it. So what what do you do on a given day when you're starting to look at the weekend slate and to build your lineups? Yeah, so I'll keep it pretty simple. And, and I always have to get ready really early because uh, another show that I'm on for actually NFL DFS is the Fantasy Football Today DFS show, which is kind of new this year, which is why maybe uh, not a ton of people know about it. Really great show I do with Mike McClure and uh, Frank Stample. And we have a Tuesday show. So when pricing comes out, uh, let's say Monday, Mm-hmm. I'm looking at pricing right away. And so I'm going position by position. I'm actually looking at the sheets on, on my, like on my keyboard, right? Now. I'm looking at the sheets that I actually produced on Monday afternoon. It must've been, and I go QB running back wide receiver tight end. And I just pick out, like, obviously I'm seeing the matchups too. So mm-hmm. um, I have a general idea of what the total is. If I haven't already looked at it. Cause obviously mm-hmm. if I see, for example, the bills at the bucks, I know that's mm-hmm. going to be a pretty high scoring game, whether I look at the total or not. So Anyway, so I go position by position. I just point out, like, I just kind of write write down all of the plays I like, all of the value plays, whether they're chalky or not. I'm just putting them all down, putting a list of them. And then after I do that, then I might look at some of the, some of the just like implied totals and things of that nature, just to make sure I'm, I'm looking at the right thing. I, my inferences are correct. And then I start looking at some analytics, like just mm-hmm. snap shares over the last three weeks, um, routes run. Uh, target share in particular, maybe I'll look at like red zone targets or maybe some of the high value targets. I feel like I'm seeing the high value targets when I watch football on Sunday and Thursday and Monday. So I don't necessarily need to look at that, but target shares and things of that nature, looking at trends, making sure I note who's injured and who isn't because 
you might see a target share of, you know, 25% for some nobody, or I shouldn't say it like that, but some guy who doesn't get a lot of targets, but it's because somebody was injured or a couple people were injured, or there was offensive line injuries that might've impacted a receiver or the running game or a quarterback. Those are little things I like to look at as well, but uh, that's pretty much it. I think it's probably a similar process to a lot of people, frankly. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I love the trends. I, I, lo- I love I love looking at the last three weeks. Yes. I, that's that's what I tend to do. About three, sometimes four weeks, especially for wide receivers, target target trends and stuff like that. That's like one of the first things that I do when I'm looking at the, the wide receiver portion of it. But you, you bring up a great point. Don't be fooled when there's injuries involved or especially an injury mid-game that affects somebody's, you know, targets and stuff like that and, and usage rate. So, Jason, do you have any questions there? Sorry. Phil, Jason, before you step in, let me point out just a really good example, and it's such a homer example of me. But, like, the Washington football team defense has been deplorable, basically, for most of this season. So, if you were, let's say, two weeks ago or even a week ago, if you were to look at the the defensive stats, even now, if you look at the defensive stats, they're pretty bad. Mm -hmm. But if you actually just look at the last three weeks, or in Washington's case, the last four weeks, just from, let's say, um, yards total allowed – it, it goes from like, you know, 350 to like, you know, I'm ballparking it, but to like 260. And it's just such a stark difference. But if you're looking at the entire season, the picture you're getting is completely false. Now, mm-hmm. I say that knowing that Dak uh, has a really good chance of torching this defense this weekend. So I'm not saying this is some world-class <laughs> defense, particularly without Chase Young and Montez Sweat. But with that said, again, that three-week or four-week sample size, I feel like that's the trend you want to look at. If you're looking mm-hmm. at the whole season at this point in the season – I kind of think you're doing it wrong. Yeah. yeah, that's a great point about Washington, too. It's like It seems like they figured out something during their bye week. I mean, their mm-hmm. defense has been a lot better, but then they've also been feeding Antonio Gibson like they should, probably should have the entire year. They figured out something during their bye week, and they look like a lot different team. And I don't – I don't, I almost feel like that's a little bit of a sneaky trap game for Dak. I know that a lot of people are mm-hmm. going to be on Dak this week, but I could see Washington winning this game. I mean, they're playing good ball right now, and I could definitely see that being a little bit of a sneaky trap. So when you look at preliminary ownership – you know, Dak's ownership percentage, and I think the Dak sort of stacks, if you will, are are lower than you might think. I think Dak is like floating around like 7% or so, which isn't like super low, but yeah. it's it's pretty low for Dak going against the Washington secondary. But I think a lot of that is because of how well Washington has been playing. The, the thing is, it could be one of two different game scripts in that game. If Antonio Gibson controls the clock and that offensive line controls the clock, Washington has a chance to win that game outright. But then from a fantasy standpoint, it's it's all Antonio Gibson on, on one side and maybe some mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin, and then Dak's not going to get the ball a lot. But if if it's the game script that goes by what the spread is, then you might have a situation where Dak kind of goes off because this secondary just can't cover these yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. And then Antonio doesn't get phased out of the game, but then you see a lot more of Terry McLaurin, maybe Ricky Seals-Jones if he's healthy, you know, Curtis Samuel, DeAndre Carter, that kind of thing. So I, I think – the Dak stack this week is actually a pretty smart play because of how people have seen the Washington defense over the last three and four weeks. But with that said, it's not going to be my favorite stack. I just think it's smart if you're doing 10 lineups to have a Dak stack or, or two in there. Yeah. I'm, what do you I'm, think? I'm, 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 sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, what do you think, since you brought up Gibson, what do you think if McKissick plays this week? How do you think that factors into it? It seems like they, they're making a concerted effort to give Gibson, you know, 25 touches a game now, which is smart, I think. But I'm, I'm just wondering how McKissick cuts into that if he plays. No, I, I think you're right. They're making a concerted effort, which, which means that if McKissick is playing, I don't think you should be shy 
uh, in terms of uh, playing Antonio Gibson because he'll still get some passing work. He's getting passing work now, and he should have been the whole time. At Memphis, he was a, a basically a wide receiver. So yeah. he's, I mean, super talented. If McKissick plays, which, by the way, I'm – if I had to put a percentage on it, I'm 80% sure that J.D. McKissick is not playing in this game. 80%. It's not 100%. But uh, I think Antonio Gibson at 6K is a great play regardless. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm just a little scared of Washington because, like you said, the last three weeks have been better. I got burned big time last week because I, I planned out my entire you know lineup, all my lineups around that Washington-Las Vegas game. I mm-hmm. for some, Something told me that was going to be the highest scoring game last week. Obviously, it did not turn out that way. I had so many lineups. Built both ways, Washington and you know Las Vegas as the the top of my lineup, and you know I wrote down the Dallas Washington game as a you know as a as as one of my games I'm looking at, but still I put like a little question mark. Am I really willing to get burned? Because I've been burned by Washington a few times this year, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of like one of those things. Once you get burned, the 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 fear gets in your mind, and you talk yourself out of what should be a pretty smart play. So, yeah, and I feel like I'm hedging by by giving you the following answer, which I'm kind of repeating myself, I guess. I think if you're making 10 lineups, mm-hmm. I genuinely think one or two of them has to have Dak mm-hmm. in there because not only does he have the potential to go off against this secondary, but but also because his, his ownership is depressed a little bit. And when you're playing tournaments, that's really what you're looking for. Like, you know, obviously a lot of people are going to gravitate to certain games here and, and it totally makes sense. But that that. Washington game, it's just not going to be something that's hyper popular, which is all the more reason to have a share or two of that game. Absolutely agree. Well, then, then, then you say that's not your favorite game. Then, what is your favorite game at this moment? You know, this weekend. So it's it's interesting you bring up the Raiders game. I haven't really decided on that one in terms of my it being my favorite. I do think it's a nice bounce back spot for Mahomes in that entire offense against a Raiders team that's kind of cratering a little bit, both offensively and defensively. And we know the last time Mahomes was actually good, and it's rare these days for some reason, it was against the Raiders where he threw for, I, I believe it was over 400 yards and and what was it, five touchdowns? I, I have that right. stat somewhere. But um it's not my favorite because Buffalo and Tampa Bay is my favorite. I I just okay. love that game. I love the pace at which those two teams play. I love the weapons that they have. I, I think in Buffalo's case, from a stack standpoint, it's a little scary because Josh Allen has really diversified the portfolio, if you will, with the wide receivers and Dawson Knox. And I think because the secondary for Tampa Bay is getting healthier with, with Carlton Davis and uh, who am I forgetting? Um the guy with the hyphen in his last name, I'm forgetting his name for some reason. But either way, those guys are healthy. So I think, you know, it, it might force the action sort of down to some Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley work. So I think playing Josh Allen naked standalone actually makes sense in this game. Uh, and then bringing it back with like a Godwin or a Fournette, depending on how you think the game's going to go. However, my favorite stack is Tom Brady. Chris Godwin, you could double stack it. In this case, I'm not sure I love the double stack here, but I think Tom Brady to Godwin with a bring back of probably Stefan Diggs or somebody like Cole Beasley or even Dawson Knox makes some sense. Or if, if you just don't want to bring it back with anybody, um, I suppose you don't have to. But in this game, because it's going to be competitive and it has a high total, you probably want to correlate it, bring it back. So I know you're saying, you're saying Godwin, and I know you had a, a boatload of targets last week, 17 targets. Is there any thought process? I know I've seen some people. I, I think we were tagged in the same post uh, this mm-hmm. week. That's how we got connected about right. Mike Evans. You know, and the fact that he has all his touchdowns, you know, in ta- you know, you know, at home this year. Is there any thought process to you know counter off a of Godwin and go to Mike Evans instead? 
it by the way i'm i'm thinking of sean murphy bunting sorry i'm still like i'm still in three <laughs> minutes ago bill um by the way shout out shout out to model maniac who who has really kind of stormed onto the scene and a super nice guy i've, I've watched his golf show uh okay. it's really good uh it's really kind of I, I, like the, the the graphics and things of that that nature are really good so shout out to him for kind of putting this together without realizing that's what he was. I mean, was I totally forgot to that he was the guy until he called me out that me and him got into the Patrick Cantlay, you know, playoffs, how I hated the playoff system this year <laughs> and how I wasn't happy. That that was quite, quite the little back and forth me and him had, but it was, it was fun. It wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, hateful or anything like that. So I, we had a really great back and forth during the, uh, the playoffs there late, you know, at the end of the season. To answer your question though. So the splits don't bother me 10. I think right. the splits were, you know, uh, Evans has, what was it? 10 touchdowns at home, but, but two on the road, those splits I think are more circumstantial than anything as, as we talked about on Twitter. Okay. Um, and, and I think Adam Stranges, who actually is, is a guy with wind daily. He, he does some great work for windailysports.com. He actually pointed out, yeah, those splits applied to Brady too, until they didn't right? Cause he went to Atlanta and just absolutely, you know, stormed the Bastille, if you will. I don't know why I use that as an analogy. That's so weird and kind of pretentious. Uh, the French Revolution, 1789, July 14th. If anybody cares, yeah. has you nothing. Must be a history buff like me, because you know I knew what you're talking about right away. It literally has nothing to do with anything I was saying in terms of the players or the team. I'm just, I don't even know what I'm doing there. Okay, so the point is, I, the splits don't really bother me. Uh, in other words, I'm not accounting for them. The reason I might like Evans, though, is because what's really sneaky, speaking of three-game trends, is that over the last three weeks, he has one less target than Chris Godwin, in spite of the fact that Godwin got 17 targets last week and caught 15 of them. So I, I certainly think, oh, and I'm, I'm just going to just shout out Dalvin Cook here. Wow, he's going off. If People thought he was going to sit this game. Yeah. I have a first-half bet on the Vikings. So uh, anyway. So, yeah, I think Evans is a smart play because you're getting the discount of 7,100 to 6,600. Um, I still prefer Godwin, but I think, I think I'm going to have a lineup with Evans as well. And I might even go crazy, even though it's really kind of cost prohibitive. I might go crazy and go Tom Brady to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin if some value opens up at other positions. If not, mm -hmm. it's going to be really hard for me to justify doing that. Yeah, I, I had a, a lot of trouble finding value at a lot of you know, the mm -hmm. positions this week anyway. So, yeah, that, that, that's really tough to put them both in there. Uh, Jason, yeah. what are your thoughts on that game there then? So that's my favorite game to stack this week too. Um, I think I am going to play more Evans just because of, first of all, the cheaper price for one. But I also mm -hmm. think kind of the points that we just brought up with that, he's had 10 targets in two of the last three games. I mean, I think on paper, Godwin sets up better. Uh, Buffalo plays a lot of zone defense, which kind of sets up for across the middle stuff, which is more Godwin's territory. But I just feel like if the ownership – I saw ownership projections of Evans being half the ownership of Godwin. So mm. if that's the case, I'm probably going to pivot to Evans, even though I think on paper Godwin might be the better play. But, yeah, I think probably bringing it back with Diggs kind of leaves you a little bit of a tough situation building the rest of your lineup. But I think that's what I'm going to go. I, I just think that game – it just sets up – like we always see Brady kind of show up in these big games like this and to kind of play the narrative thing. I feel like this is the kind of game where he's going to want to show out and show that he's still, you know, the GOAT and – so I like Brady a lot this week too. I mean, he's he's got some great record against playing against Buffalo in his career. It's not not this first time playing against Buffalo. So the other thing there is, and I've been on this since week one, which is why I've been playing Tom Brady stacks pretty much every single week. And and some of those I'm like kind of all in on the guy, like I was last week, which was which was a very good week for me. 
I think this guy's been gunning for the MVP since week one. And I know, I know you, I know the reaction is, well, every good player is gunning for the MVP. Right. Not really, because Tom Brady is in a position where he can hand the ball off to Leonard Fournette, which I understand in one game that actually happened. You mm-hmm. know, when they're up 15 or I should say 14 or or 21, he's passing the ball still. I think he's really trying to make sure these stats correlate to an MVP. And I think, you know. This is just this is another game where he's going to put his foot on the gas, and it wouldn't shock me at all if he has three or four touchdown passes. Keep in mind, Tredavious White's not in this game, so this defense is a little overrated because of the schedule that they've played. It's been super soft both against the run and the pass, but uh, I don't see Brady having too much trouble uh, passing mm-hmm. against this team. Okay, all right. Um, and I know you already brought up the Raiders Kansas City game, so I want to bring up another game, and I'm not sure. This is more of a question to both of you guys. Um, Obviously, COVID and health and safety protocols have hit the Chargers wide receiver room. On a normal given Sunday, that Chargers against the Giants would probably be the game that I zone in on focus on first, um, just because the Giants secondary is terrible. The Giants can't stop the Chargers, especially in L.A. Um, but now I'm, I'm, I, when I started doing my research for tonight, I'm like, all right, so you take Herbert, you know, you put Eckler in there. Eckler, I think, is a great play this week. Although the last time I said he was my number one play was the week he had like two points and, you know, <laughs> it was terrible. And, and I guess you could go with Guyton. Maybe he'll be the leading receiver. But am I wrong to be hesitant there? Or am I outthinking this, overthinking this, and it's a, it's a good play? Go Jason? Oh, um, no, I don't think – I don't think you're wrong to be hesitant at all. I think we need to see what's going to happen first. It sounds like Mike Williams is going to play because um, he was just, you know, around, I guess, Keenan Allen, who has COVID. Um, with Allen, it's interesting, too, because they said that there's a chance that he might play, too. So it's going to be something to monitor for sure. I, I don't think Guyton's the worst play in the world. Um, I think this may kind of bring the ownership of this game down a little bit. I thought this was going to be the chalkiest game of the week when it first came out. But now that this is happening, I think the ownership might be down a little bit. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I, I think this is really like this is this is one we're not going to be able to make decisions on until at least Saturday because I think Saturday is when Mike Williams actually gets cleared to return if he continues to test negative. I guess he's been testing negative for a few days yeah. now, so he's probably good to go. If Keenan for some reason isn't, I actually I think Guyton's fine, but I actually think Josh Palmer is the guy that's going to simulate Keenan Allen's route tree like a little bit more than a Jalen Guyton is. So and and for the record, I'm. I'm suggesting that based on just kind of what I've seen and, and averaged up the target and things of that nature, I could absolutely be wrong there. And Guyton could absolutely burn this secondary. So that's certainly not the guy. I, I love but... my 3000 cost players though. Yes. Like said, Joshua Palmer. <laughs> I've hit, I, well, I've hit twice now on Matt Collins at 3000. So, you know, wow. I love, I, I love my Matt. I love my 3000 price players. So I always, I love it every week. I love that you mentioned Matt Collins because there was a week a couple of weeks ago where I thought Albert Wilson was going to be the play. I didn't end up playing him but because I kind of forgot. But, you know, those Miami like sort of second tier receivers when Devontae Parker is out, it's like any of those guys can hit. Matt Collins, Albert Wilson, they've got like a host of just, you know, third tier guys. All, um, all you need is 10 points from a 3K guy and, mm-hmm. and, and, your, and your values paid off 100% there. So, you know, I, I, I love, you know, you know, finding that gem and you know, now, now maybe we will go Josh Palmer there. I, I don't know. You might have convinced me. And now that means Guyton's going to go off, but, you know. Right. Well, I just think Josh – I mean, I, I, I do like Josh Palmer better than Guyton there. I, I, 
I have a feeling he's going to see more targets, and I think he's a pretty talented guy too. Mm -hmm. If Mike Williams is playing and Keenan is out, I'm going to be playing more Josh Palmer than Jalen Guyton. If both Mike Williams and, and Keenan Allen are playing, I think you're kind of obviously off the receivers here. I think Eckler is still definitely in play. Um, but th this is one of those games you kind of have to wait. The interesting one here is how do you guys feel about Saquon Barkley? Because early in the week, I liked him from a value standpoint. Even though he's not getting all the rushing attempts, he's still getting a lot of passing work. And again, if you're playing on DraftKings, even FanDuel, you're, you're obviously getting points for those receptions. Mm -hmm. But the problem is I looked at the projected ownership and it looks to be pretty high, which kind of surprised me. And now I'm like, well, I was going to play Saquon Barkley if it was sneaky, not if he's like 15% rostered. Do you guys like him at all for any reason? I, I know he he gets targets out of backfield. I just haven't seen enough from him this year yeah. to, I don't know. I, I don't want to, he, he's not worth the risk in my opinion this year at all. He yeah. has, he's only had what, two games over like 15 points this year. 12 points this year, something of that nature. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I've, I've stayed away from Saquon Barkley almost this entire season. Yeah, I thought the same thing, too. I thought that when I when it first came out, when the pricing first came out, I thought that all the ownership would go to Gibson. So I thought Barkley would be a good pivot mm -hmm. play. But now that I'm seeing his ownership numbers, it's crazy to me. Like, it just, I don't, for, like Phil said, it's like a guy that hasn't, he's had two 15 point games. It's not like he's been blown up every game. So I might try to pivot elsewhere. I think actually yeah. Josh Jacobs might be a good pivot off yeah. of this week. So I think I'd rather play Jacobs than Barkley. I mean, I mean, oh, even totally though he had nine targets last week, he still only scored 13 points on DraftKings. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Saquon Barkley is an that's, that, that, that's just that's just well. Me. The other argument, though, is that the Chargers do—I don't want to say allow you, but but they do allow the run a little bit more yeah. than most teams. They they kind of play like a little soft. So th that would be sort of the other argument: is this the breakout game? But again, to your point, if he's going to be highly owned, then like, what are we even doing here? Like, right. there's other guys you can play. Absolutely agree with that, and and, and they give up run. But I, I was firsthand account of the them giving up 176 yards to the Eagles, you know, a few weeks ago, the Chargers. So, you know, I see how they can easily give it up, and I'm still staying away from Saquon Barkley this week. Okay, I have a question for you guys. Um, I'm, I feel I'm going to ask you first because you're the Eagles fan. And you can contextualize this question however you wish. And then, Jason, I'll put my, like Eagles, I'll put my Eagles hat on for this one. So you, you ought to because it's an Eagles question, of course. If you are – Starting your team next year, it's week one, and you need a quarterback for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. And you have two choices, Gardner Minshew, Jalen Hurts. Who do you pick? So it's funny you say we're just talking about one year or we're building a franchise for the next decade? Good question. One year. Gardner Minshew. I just actually yes. had this conversation. I, I do a morning show every single day, oh, cool. and uh, I do something on Mondays called Overreaction Monday. And my overreaction statement this past Monday after the Jets win was if the Eagles want to make the playoffs this year and that's all they care about, they should start Gardner Minshew the rest of the year. If they care about building this franchise for the next two, three, four years, see what Jalen Hurts is, then they got to keep Jalen Hurts in there. But Gardner, Gardner Minshew in the next four games, twice against Washington, the Giants and the Cowboys, gives them a better chance this season of making the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So Gardner Minshew for one year over Jalen Hurts, absolutely. Jason. And that's not saying Gardner Minshew is great. He's just – we know what Gardner Minshew is. Mm -hmm. I think the same exact thing, 100%. Yeah. I feel like the, the way the Eagles are built right now, I think Minshew is a better fit for them. I think the Eagles are built off the running game, and they're, and they're built off the tight ends. And I think mm -hmm. Minshew obviously targeted Goddard a lot more last week. Mm -hmm. I think I think he fits what the Eagles' strength is a lot better than Hurts does. Yeah. yeah. A big picture yeah. you got to learn about Jalen Hurts. That's why that's not what's going to happen in Philly this year. But – 
yeah, to answer that question, it's absolutely Minshew, 100%. Yeah, I I just, I, again, I, it's funny that you do the overreaction Monday thing yeah. because because I think that would be everybody's response like on on Monday. But I actually think that's not an overreaction. Like, yeah. And I know you don't think that. Well, all my overreactions are, there. there's some truth to my overreactions sure. always. So, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he had a, you know, there, there he's back. He's back. So I got another game to talk to you guys about. And it's a game that I, I don't know, maybe it's not as sneaky as I think it is. But for some reason, I want to play it. Not, I'm not playing this in 10 of 20 lineups. This Can we is, guess what it is? I, oh, sure. Like, let's make this I got, go ahead. If you want to guess, guess the game that I am scared is either going to win me a boatload of money or completely bankrupt my thing. Okay, so I have one in mind, but but forgive this is this is bad this is bad bad podcasting. But I want to see if there's another one here that I could choose from. No, there isn't. You are thinking of the Ravens at the Browns? No, I was thinking of that, but no, that's not the one. Right. I got it. You're thinking of the Saints at the Jets? No, I'm oh. thinking building my lineup around Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers oh. against oh, the man. Atlanta Falcons. They're, they give up the third most points to quarterbacks. Coming off a bye, they just fired Joe Brady. For some reason, I want to play Cam Newton, Chubba, 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 and DJ Moore and start a lineup there. And it, it actually leaves you with a boatload of money to build yeah. the rest of your lineup around too. Tell me I'm crazy <laughs> or that that's going to potentially win a GPP. Well, okay, so it could potentially win a GPP because it has upside and, and not a lot of people are going to be doing that. The, the thing about that one is, I do like Cam this week for cash. Okay. I think if I was going to play him in GPP, it would probably just be a Cam DJ Moore stack because here's the problem with stacking him with Chuba Hubbard as well. If Chuba Hubbard gets there, then it probably means Cam Newton doesn't really right. pop like you wanted to. Whereas right. if DJ Moore gets there, Cam Newton can still get there with his rushing equity, his, his rushing touchdown equity. And, and then, of course, what you're going to see with the passing to DJ Moore. So if I was going to stack it, I'd probably leave Chuba out but I, I don't hate it. I mean, the beauty of the of the Falcons is they don't create a pass rush. No. Whereas last week, uh, more uh, um, was it? Who am I thinking? Uh, the backup quarter is that PJ Moore, not yeah. DJ Moore. Um, no, the backup quarterback for um Carolina, PJ Walker. I'm sorry. I've got my Moors and Walkers mixed up. Yeah, so yeah, PJ Walker, they, they were under pressure 50% of the time last week. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, without pressure coming off a bye, it's a pretty good spot for Cam Newton. Again, though, I'm going to be playing him in cash, maybe mm -hmm. standalone. But in GPP, I don't, I don't hate it. The problem is, I'm, I'm curious, are you correlating it? Are you bringing it back? Because I really liked Russell Gage last week, and I played him in a, in a lineup that popped. However, this is a little bit of a different situation with the lower total and maybe not the sort of game script that you would have had with uh, the Tampa Bay game last week. Yeah, see, Thoughts? I actually love Russell Gage and bringing him back yeah. with him as well. Um, it's, it's really weird because I, I tried to find my value plays at wide receiver, and normally my value plays are in the 4K range, sometimes in the mm -hmm. 3K range and all. I could only find three or four guys below five grand or 5K that I liked. So I, I actually have three value plays that are in the 5K just because I couldn't find anything better. And, mm -hmm. and I don't even know if you could consider Russell Gage a value play at 5,900 anymore because he is basically doing what everyone thought he should do when they got rid of Julio Jones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, his target share is there right? behind. I mean, he's basically like the third best option. I mean, you could make, you could consider him a, you know, just from a number standpoint, maybe he's as good as Kyle Pitts, but clearly doesn't have the upside of, of a yeah. Kyle Pitts, even though Pitts hasn't showed any upside lately. But then there's Corderell Patterson. Yeah, I don't hate it. And I don't hate bringing him back with Corderell Patterson in the sense that you're saving so much money 
You bring him back with Patterson, who nobody's going to play anyway. You have such a unique because of his price. I'm saying, um, yeah. you have such a unique stack with Cam, DJ Moore, and Cordero Patterson. Like nobody's going to have that. Yeah. Jason, what do you this thought? Is, I don't hate that at all. Um, you know, I've been waiting for that DJ Moore explosion the entire season. Yeah. He's one of my. You know, you know, Rob loves to call me out on my DJ. Yeah, I just love DJ Moore. I don't know why. Um, but I'm going to actually go a different a different way if I'm going to go with the value stack. I'm going to play Taysom Hill, I think, some this week. Wow. The problem mm -hmm. is I don't think you can really stack him with anyone. I don't know who you'd even stack him with. So I actually like starting a lineup with Taysom Hill on one side and bringing it back with Elijah Moore on the other if he plays, mm -hmm. if he's healthy. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, Taysom Hill, he put up – what did he put up? 27.7 points last week despite throwing four interceptions. So that's pretty solid. I mean, and Elijah Moore has been great at 5,900. I mean, 18 points. 18 points per game to over his last seven. I think that he's definitely worth a play if he's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I just, I, I, I'm trying so hard not to talk about Taysom Hill, the quarterback versus Taysom yeah. Hill, the fantasy player right now, whenever he, whenever his name gets brought up, I just can't help, but want to talk about how bad of a quarterback he is. Well, if you watched that game too last week, I think you came away thinking this guy's terrible, but you he look at his 267 passing yards, 100 rushing yards, and 27 points. I mean, yeah, he threw four interceptions, which isn't great. But, I mean, if he, say, rushes for, like, 60 yards, throws for 250, a couple touchdowns, I mean, that's, that's paying off the price at 5,600. Yeah, he if if you think his finger is healthy, he's an absolute lock in cash. I mean, or at least he's one of your locks in cash because there's – against the Jets, I mean, he's yeah. got so much upside. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Do you have any other like value plays that you like? I mean, because like I said, I struggled this week. I have literally two running backs written down and a few wide receivers. I, I really struggled this week, which is making it tough to build lineups because then it kind of forces you to, you know, take a lot of chances and stuff like that. Are, are, is there any names that you're looking at that you really like? So from a value standpoint, like I don't think we're going to see a lot open up necessarily until we get some more definitive answers on, let's say, mm -hmm. Saturday. There's two that come to mind. One is Jamichael Hasty. If you like, if 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 Wilson doesn't play, I think Jamichael Hasty is in an absolute smash spot. If Jeff Wilson mm -hmm. does play, I think Hasty still has some value because he's 4K and because Wilson's knee might flare up again, and, and you might see a split sat snap scenario in a game that has a high total on an offense that has a great rushing game. Mm -hmm. So I think Hasty has some potential value. Um, I think the Tennessee backfield is is a little muddled, but. If you were going to pick one among Deontay Foreman, uh, Hilliard, and Jeremy McNichols, I would think it would be the first and second down back, which should be Deontay Foreman. So I think that presents some value, although he's not really in the 4K range. So it's not yeah. one of those things where you're just opening up a ton of value because you play him. So right now, and then you could consider the Jets backfield, but it's even though they're at home, it, it's such a tough matchup against New Orleans. It looks like Tevin Coleman might be out, so you could go to Ty Johnson. But the last time people did that, some guy named Andrew Walter stepped up and got the red zone carry. <laughs> yeah. So it's just one of those things like – who. Yeah, exactly. He's like a computer-generated name. It's not even a real person. They they were like they they hated Ty Johnson so much that day that they were like, we're giving it to a fake person, and he's going to score a touchdown. I, I think uh, I think some value is going to open up in the next couple of days, but I think Jamichael Hasty is the one I have my eye on the most. I did write down Foreman. He's one he's one of the two running backs that I thought price wise. I can't even call them like you said value plays, but he was one of the two lower price running backs that I wrote down that I like this week. Mm -hmm. sure. Yep, Jason. So I wouldn't call this an extreme value because the price isn't super low, but I think 
people are going to sleep on Joe Burrow this week. Obviously, he had that finger injury. looked pretty nasty last week. But they, they're saying that he's going to be healthy enough to play this week, too. So at 6000 I think that could be a real steal. And he's going, to have, he's going to have hardly any ownership, which I like that a lot. And then either one of those receivers, either Chase or Higgins, either one of them. I mean, Higgins has been really solid. He's only 6400 still. So I, you, I you can even go down a little bit further to, tell, to, to Boyd. I did write down yeah. Sam Fran versus Cincy. I built a Burrow, Mixon, Boyd with an Ayuk, you know, comeback right there. Still leaves you at 5,100. Yeah. I mean, you could build worse lineups this week than that. For sure. And I like, and San Francisco's defense, I mean, their defense is okay. Their front seven's good. Their, their mm-hmm. secondary is awful. So that's mm-hmm. definitely the way to attack them. So I like I, that a lot this yeah. week. Jason, I absolutely love that call. It's one of those things, and I'm watching it play out right now. So, we didn't know if Dalvin Cook was going to play in this game. So in my showdown lineups, I actually have him in one. It's it's like the least expensive one, unfortunately. But it's one of those things where anytime people – and Dalvin Cook just got his second touchdown. I mean, this is a complete runaway. A- anytime people see an injury, and I- I'm included here, uh, you get really scared. You don't want your guy going out in the middle of the game or not being able to throw the ball so they're leaning on the running game or the short area passing. But, yeah, if, if, we, get, if we have confidence that Burrow is going to be good, it's such a good – pivot from some of these other games because yeah i mean by the way a lot of people will play t higgins but i think people are kind of off jamar chase a little bit more than they should be so you're right that san francisco defense can be can be exposed on the back end if you did a burrow stack with jamar chase or t higgins to your point and bring him back with like brandon you make sense but just maybe if you have the money and you have savings somewhere else maybe bring him back with george kittle or jamichael hasty if he's the starter something like that I think you will be so far ahead of the field if that one hits. And by the way, they have an implied total of almost 24 points. The Niners won of, of, of almost, you know, 25, 26. It, that could be the game that, like, people win all their money on, honestly. No, I love it. I love it. I, I can't even believe I kind of missed that off to the side there. I, I actually think, like, totals, like game totals, I don't think I've seen a week with so many low-scoring, you know, game totals as I do this week. And I think mm-hmm. that's why – it's such a confusing week because there's only one game over 50. There's, there's no games, even like 49 points. You know, when I, when I did my notes up, I mean, it's, it's a really, really low scoring week projected wise. Yeah. The, what's the total on uh what's the total on that Kansas city, Las Vegas game. Uh, when I did it up earlier this morning, it was 48. 48. That's a little surprising. I understand how pedestrian the Kansas city chiefs have been, but that one seems a little low. I, I could really see Mahomes getting back on track mm-hmm. on that one. Yeah, I, w- I was all over the over on Washington, Las Vegas last week. So I'm just, you know, staying away from it this week with Kansas City. <laughs> well, that, that as, makes as sense. I, it pains me to say that, but I get it. I mean, Kansas City's pass rush is, is legit. And if they get to Carr, Carr's not going to be able to, <laughs> to do anything. And now he doesn't, he's probably not going to have Darren Waller. But uh, just side note there, I do like Hunter Renfro in that game. I played him last week. I'm going to play him again this week. Hold on. <laughs> who likes to, who, who, who uses Hunter Renfro Listen, every single week? Phil is the president of the fan club. Oh, that's great. Hunter yeah. Renfro. And I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that his price finally got up over 6K this week. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's a little disappointing. He's my strong value play every single week. And, yeah, Speaking I will play Hunter, Hunter Renfro. When we build our lineups in a few moments here, I guarantee Hunter Renfro's name is in my lineup. Did you guys see that uh, Debo was visiting Hunter Renfro this week and now Debo is a rumored candidate for the Vegas job? Uh, Coaching. Oh, man. I thought you were – when you said Debo, I thought you meant Debo Samuel. Oh, yeah. right. At first, that's what popped into my head I don't as well. think he's retiring. Uh, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. exactly. <laughs> All right. If you guys don't have any other games or names you want to talk about just yet, let, 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 let's see what we can build this week here. And, and, and see, as, as the guest, you get to go first. So how does this work? So I just basically like pick a player. Build your entire lineup. Oh, okay. 
All right. So you're going to build your lineup. Then we're going to build our lineups. And then I'm going to send you a link after the show. You're going to enter it. We're all going to enter it. And um, I'm going to hope to get back on my, my winning streak. Cause I had like six weeks in a row where I, where I won. So, you know, and I, I only brag about it and post it on social media when I'm winning, just so you know, when when I'm losing, I keep it off internet. Obviously. Um, Okay. So, so can you, you're going to build it for me? You're going to tell me the names. I'm going to put it up here on the screen for everybody to see. And and you can explain as you're going, why you're picking these players. I was going to say also, this is straight up. So we don't do any late swaps. So whatever you pick now, you're, you're keeping. Oh, I get that. Of course. Of course. All right. I'm going to do something totally kind of crazy here. And, and if, 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 if you put these lineups up, people are going to be like, oh, that guy Sia has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> but I, I'm doing something different this week because, hmm, let me think about this one. Do I like that enough to do it? I'm thinking about doing Josh Allen naked and then bringing it back with a Kansas City Chief. And, and the reason is because of what I described earlier. I'm just not sure who the ball is going to. And I love his rushing equity in a game that they, they kind of need to win. So let's do Josh Allen naked. I don't want to pay up for Gibbs. I don't want to pay down for Cole Beasley, although I'm going to think about that as I make my lineup. Um, I don't think I want to play Dawson Knox. So let's go with Josh Allen. Gotcha. Josh Allen. Yeah, there we go. So we have a windy day in Kansas City on Sunday. Not extreme like we saw, you know, with that Patriots game, but windy Mm -hmm. enough for me to maybe think that Mahomes might be leaning on Kelsey a little bit more than Tyreek Hill. I understand Tyreek Hill runs some short air routes too, but let's just go with Travis Kelsey. I'm going to decide to pay up for tight end, which I don't normally do. I'm already making a unique lineup because I'm not correlating Josh Allen and I'm paying up for tight end. And normally some people do pay up for Kelsey, but this week it doesn't look like he's going to be super high owned. That's actually really encouraging because when I was looking at all the lineups this week, I I, I agree. I don't normally pay up at tight end either. I try to stay in that upper 3K, low 4K range, but it's the only tight end that I'm 110% behind this week. Right. Fair enough. Okay, so let's find some money savings real quick. So let's go to Jamichael Hasty at running back, who was uh, 4K. Oh, wow, that was fast. Did you type that in? How did you do that? Yeah, I just typed it in. (laughs) Oh, I didn't see it come up on the player search. Okay, fair enough. All right, I just, now I just leave it up on all and just type in the player search there, the name, and yeah. If my computer's not lagging, it's really quick. You, you never know how the computer works out. Very impressive, <laughs> sir. Okay, so let's go to defenses because I want to I want to punt on defense too because uh, I'm obviously going to be paying up in other places. There's a lot of punt defenses I would consider here. Mm-hmm. Let's go to let's go to Houston at home against Seattle. And just hope Russ, you know, lays another egg and that they can't run the ball. Let's, let's leave this. We, 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 me and Jason agree most of the time on punting on defense all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, I looked at Houston. I looked at Cleveland. You know, I, I was even, even considering the Jets just because of the fact that Taysom Hill mm-hmm. turned over the ball so much last week. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of good value at the bottom there on defense. If I end up having 400 to spare, we're going to pay up for Carolina at home against okay. Atlanta. But let's leave it at 2400 so I kind of know what I'm working with here. Gotcha. Um, let's go to running back. The question becomes, do I want to pay up for Austin Eckler? And the answer is probably yes, but it makes the lineup so hard. So let's go to Austin Eckler. Okay. And I think it's going to be end up being an Austin Eckler game. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go super crazy on you here. You, are you ready? Are you guys oh. ready? Yeah. Because oh, yeah. I don't think with value receiver, I'm not going to go with Josh Palmer or um, or Jalen Guyton because I don't know what the status is going to be of Keenan 
So I'm just going to leave that out. And I'm going to go with Keelan Cole. Ooh, I like it. New York Jets. And I'm kind of hoping that maybe Elijah Moore doesn't play. He hasn't, I don't think he's practiced yet this week, or at least he okay. certainly hasn't gotten a full practice in this week, which would leave Jamison Crowder and Keelan Cole as the primary targets. So again, that's a super huge gamble. Don't love it, but it leaves me with how much do I have left per 56, player? 66. Okay. Um, let's go to wide receiver. And sorry, this is probably taking longer than you guys like. No. Let's go. Let's go to Jarvis Landry. Speaking of that Cleveland game, he's an extension of the running game. You are game. literally stealing like half the people <laughs> on, on my list right now. I love it. 5,400. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I, he's going to be the primary target. Two mm -hmm. of the three tight ends are out. Mm -hmm. By the way, Austin Hooper, a decent uh, punt at tight end at 3,400. Okay, so now per player, for some reason I can't see it. How, how much do I have? 58. Oh, only 5,800. Okay, let's put Antonio Gibson in the flex. Actually, it, what's the price of Gibson versus Josh Jacobs? Is Gibson Jacobs is more expensive? Six, and I think Jacobs is sixty-two. I think or yeah. sixty-four or something. Let's go to Gibson. Okay. All right. So you've got fifty-six for your last spot. Okay. Let's see. This is is not a very highly correlated lineup. Uh, let's see. <laughs> we only I have will... two people. So. Yeah. Okay. So at wide receiver, you said fifty-six hundred. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to keep scrolling down. Oh, you know what? Let's go to Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley. Let's go to Cole Beasley. Oh, you know what? I didn't. Okay, go to Cole Beasley. Mm -hmm. I didn't correlate with uh, Godwin, so I have to get, I have to get Godwin or Evans in here. Okay. So, shoot, that's trouble. So take out Eckler. Sorry, this is going to take a little bit. Take <laughs> no, out Eckler. I'm the only. Normally, everybody just picks their lineup and leaves it be. I I do this exact same thing every single show. We are going to go down to Jacobs, actually. Okay. That's going to save me a ton of money, and it's going to allow me to come up off of one of these receivers. How much do I have left? 2700 You can add to any of these guys. Hmm. So let's get off Beasley or Landry out. Let's get off Beasley, and let's put in Godwin. So now I'm kind of somewhat correlated here. I have one on each side. Mm -hmm. And, and how much do I have? to upgrade your defense if you're interested. Let's go to Carolina. Go to Carolina defense. All right, there we go. So it's a really strong lineup, though. I, I really do like it. So it's it's a it's a unique lineup. Some names that I it makes me feel really good mm -hmm. knowing that ninety percent of the names I have listed in my player pool are on your lineup. So I you know, that, that. that makes me feel at least like I'm doing something right right now. All right, all right, there, Jason, you're up. All right, um, I'm gonna go with. The chalky Tom Brady. Okay. There I'm going to stack go. him with Evans. Evans. And then I am – well, let's save that. So, my running backs are actually going to be the same as Sia. Uh, I'm going to go Gibson and Jacobs. Love Gibson this week. Jacobs yeah. could be a good pivot, but I think I'm going to play both of them in this lineup. Okay. Um, I'm going to take a shot with – I'm going to go Guyton at receiver. Okay. Hoping that hoping that at least one of those two guys don't play. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to go Amari Cooper. I like the value. I want to get a little piece of that game. Okay. I'm going to – Do you like it. Cooper over Gallup? Yes. Um, especially if all three of them are healthy, I think Cooper is uh, okay. Dak's favorite target. So I like okay. that. I'm going to play Seals Jones as well. Hopefully he plays this week. If not, I'll have to pivot off of him if he's out. And you got your flex in your D? So I'm going Diggs, 
Stefan Diggs, my flex. That leaves you with, you know, Bear Pickens at defense, 26 J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, I told you, that's a really strong – I love the Jets defense this week. I just like – well, Taysom Hill playing quarterback is the only reason I really like that. Well, that, that's exactly what it is. Yep. This you lineup know, is so much better than mine. <laughs> like, already jealous. I already want to change everything. Uh, anyway, good job. Jason, this is so much better than mine. You're going to crush me. So, so, so now i got to figure out how to redo this because I had a lineup built around cam newton i was gonna you know really go with this whole cam newton idea here but i i don't we i don't want all of us to have josh jacobs i don't want us all to have the same guys here so we're gonna we're gonna do this on the fly we are gonna go with it though we're gonna start with cam newton for sure here we're gonna go cam newton we're gonna go dj Moore because i'm the dj all right i'm I'm gonna throw renfro in there just just real quick i have a question for you have you ever paid up at quarterback before have I ever paid up a quarterback? Yes. All the time. Okay. It's not the lineup on the air that I do with you guys. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> just I play up on defense literally all the, or on quarterback all the time. Okay. I didn't so, know. Yeah. Just so you know. Okay. All right. You pivoted off the Texans, so I'm going to go with the Texans. You know, mm-hmm. bring that on there. Um, go with Knox as my tight end. I really wanted to use Kelsey there, but I got to go net net. And we're going we're gonna to go with Crowder, <laughs> Crowder instead of wide receiver here. All right, so now what do I need to do here now? I need running backs. I need flex. I need a little bit of everything here still. You guys have stolen all my guys. I really have no idea what to do. All right, we're going to go. We're going to go cheap it with, with one run. We're going to go Foreman. I do like Foreman this week. That leaves me a lot here. All right, so I'm going to go Alvin Kamara back, fully healthy. And that leaves me with 72 for my flex. Oh, wow. This is beautiful. I love this. Do I want to go with Godwin, <laughs> or do I want to go with Scary Terry? You know, that that, that that's we, we didn't even talk about Washington. We talked about Dallas. We didn't really talk about Washington at all. How was his target share last week? Last few weeks here. Let's see here. He really hasn't done anything. He's due. He really is due. I don't know, man. This is scaring me if, here. If it's a negative game script, it, there's going to be a lot of Terry. I honestly like. What does Jamar Chase break the slate? Uh, Jamar that's Chase an interesting play. Well, I, I kind of I kind of already made some changes. While you guys were talking, I, I stalled for a second there, let you talk for a second. I put Cordell Patterson because I did not come back with Atlanta at all. It did, does leave me with 300. I think I'm good with that 300. I, I don't think I need to worry about adjusting anything. That's where we're going there. You know, I kind of snuck that in. You guys were talking and just said, yeah, Cordell <laughs> Patterson. Forgot about my Cordell Patterson love for a second there. So we're going to like see. I'm not, I'm not sure if this is the, the right move or not, but uh, – you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. All right, I got my picture. Hopefully, I don't forget this. All right, let's remove this off the screen for a second here. All right, so, you know, going forward, any other games, any other thoughts this week as we're going into it? For me, I, I think we covered all – I'm scanning it right now. I mean, yeah. I mentioned Baltimore-Cleveland when I was sort of guessing your game. Yeah. I, I'm not going to say I like that. It's a low total. Lamar's been, like, pretty mm-hmm. much awful. Absolutely. Which is why his ownership percentage is going to be really low. So my advice here would be, again, this is only if you're making like 10 lineups. Mm -hmm. Maybe one should have Lamar because their backs are against the wall. And we saw it last year when their backs were against the wall and they had to win a ton in a row. Lamar just went into basically like running back mode and was like, I'm just going to do everything I possibly can to to win this game. So he's not in a great spot with Cleveland coming off a bye and their last game being against Baltimore. So they've had like a few weeks to like concentrate on this team specifically. But I think Lamar to Mark Andrews 
with some sort of bring back with like, let's say Jarvis Landry. Mm -hmm. I think it makes sense to give it a shot or maybe to Marquise Brown, but probably more likely to Andrews or playing Lamar naked. I think that one is interesting and we, we talked about it, but I do think there's some opportunity in that Dallas Washington game to be a little different in a game that normally you wouldn't think would be different because it is the Dallas Cowboys against a Washington team that at least statistically over the year hasn't been super great. So the other game I had, I had a question, well, both for both of you, Jason Bean, Mr. Detroit Lions fan over there. Also though, Denver, Detroit, obviously Detroit's defense is awful. Um, De Denver's offense isn't spectacular other than Javante Williams at running back. Do you guys like anybody from De Denver this week? Specifically Williams, you know, because well, I mean, the, the guy's a stud now that, that Gordon's been out. I mean, he's kind of, you know, taking over as the lead back 110%, no doubt about it there. Um, and he's only, he's still only 5,900. Yeah. Williams is a stud too. Um, the thing I just, I think I just read this a little while ago though, is that Gordon's not been ruled out yet and he's actually trending to play. So I don't know yeah. how I feel about that. I think Williams probably still continues to be the lead back in that situation, but we don't know how much Gordon cuts into it. So I'm, that's a stay away from me. Just that game. Okay. I have a rule of never playing the Lions, so I'm definitely not playing anyone <laughs> on the Lions side ever. So. That's fantastic. So Javante is going to be pretty highly owned. The, the, the okay. initial ownership projections I'm looking at, he's in the 13% range, which is like 10th highest in, in just out of all positions. Now with Melvin potentially coming back, and I do think he's going to play, like Jason said, that should drop Javante's roster ship down, maybe even below 10%, but it won't, it won't get much lower than that. It'll probably be right around 10, 11%. Mm -hmm. I think you could still play him because it is Detroit. Teddy doesn't like to throw unless he has to because he, he kind of can't. And so it's going to be the Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams show. So if Javante even gets 12 to 13 touches, mm -hmm. what it what is that what is that against the Detroit Lions? I mean, he's kind of priced up a little bit, but could he have two breakout runs? Yeah, probably. It's just one of those things where I'd like his ownership percentage to be less than 10% if I were going to play him. And even then, it's a slight risk because Melvin Gordon, like – Fangio doesn't mind running Melvin Gordon into the ground. And Melvin Gordon's been pretty decent, so it's not like he's some terrible running back. Yeah. Okay, no, that, that's good. I, I just—it's something that again, I, I do my notes, but when I have a struggle week like this week where I'm not really sure where to go, I just put a lot of questions down and and I ask the experts because I'm no expert. I, I'm I'm just the guy here talking, you know. I, I I rather ask Jason and you or whoever else we have on this show because yeah, you guys are much smarter than I am. Um. <laughs> A, a disagree objection <laughs> you're a lawyer too he is a lawyer. Everything. Yeah. you're a lawyer and now, now you, you see what i did all, there all turns out that that went right over my head there phil you see what i did there yeah. i said objection knowing that you were going to bring up the lawyer thing so i could just like receive <laughs> some sort of like recognition <laughs> you just a little pat on your back because it's the it only subtle. thing from your twitter bio i left out yeah well that's uh, see objection boom it comes out see i'm i'm very crafty <laughs> extremely crafty <laughs> All right. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. So again, this is a great episode. A lot of fun. Thank you very much, Saya, for coming on. Again, you guys can find Saya Najad at Saya Najad on Twitter. Um, I'm sure he's he's one of the most you know honest and can like outgoing guys out there. If you have questions, I'm sure he'll answer them for you on social sure. media. He's literally does everything. The Early Edge, the First Cut Pod, Win Daily Sports. He's literally working with everybody. Again, like I read in his Twitter bio, a casher at the World Series of Poker. So he knows his numbers. That, that, that's good. That's how I played poker, by doing the math in my head all the time. So, you know, I love that. We really greatly appreciate your time today and coming on the show. 
when I come on to your show next time, whether it's for golf or for NFL right. or just to trash talk about yeah. the Eagles. <laughs> next when I do my Eagles Washington preview show Wednesday night next week. So yeah, you can Noted. pop on for five minutes, All you right. know? Yeah, yeah. no, completely. <laughs> I got to tell you guys the story of like the biggest hand of my life from the world series of poker. And it ended very poorly for me. And the guy could have taken me out completely, but didn't. And there was a reason for it. It was full boat over full boat. Uh, his aces were full and my queens were full. And somehow he didn't put me all in because the way I, I was so aggressive with it that he thought I might have four queens in my hand. Wow. And so he decided just to call my, my lot. And I thought I had him the whole time, of course. But if I had won that hand, I would have been in like the top 10 in chips at the end of day two. Like, wow. I mean, it's a big if I yeah. lost. Yeah. I had the worst right. hand, but it was completely bananas. I had this such like this visceral reaction that I literally jumped out of my chair because he was thinking about it while I put in the, the riverbed in. And I, I'm like, well, if you're thinking about it, I have you with my boat. Yeah. Meanwhile, he has a bigger boat, thinks I have a, he thinks I have quads. The point is I yelled so loud and I, I couldn't even control it. I was so shocked <laughs> that he flipped over aces full. I'm sitting next to the dealer. I'm in the one... I'm in the one, one spot, team. you know, in the, on the table that I jumped out of my chair and yelled. And, and it was, a, it, it was an Asian lady. And she looked at me with this look of fear and disgust, like, <laughs> dude, handle your business. What are you doing? <laughs> I just, I, I was an out of body experience. I couldn't believe it. I got to tell you about how that hand progressed because yeah. it was just, I, I, I'm a huge crazy. poker guy. I, I, I love my poker. So I, I did dabble with it. Like I, I played some circuit tournaments and stuff like that. And I, I have a similar story that I could tell you in that story basically is why I didn't pursue it as a, a full-time thing just because it was that crushing it was well well <laughs> I, I don't, it, it would take like an hour to explain the whole entire situation yeah yeah but the way it played out so I'm a winner I I, I want to win everything I do mm -hmm. I can't accept folding the better hand mm -hmm. you know before a river card comes out knowing that statistically speaking I have the better hand and I had a really bad beat because of that in a in a main event of a circuit event in philadelphia once this was years ago and that moment i'm like All right, i can't do this for a living because you got to be able to cash you, you know yeah. you have to get to the cash more often than just hoping for that one big score all the time so it's a super stressful and sedentary Absolutely. lifestyle one of my, i have a good friend that he one of my good friends finished 55th in the main event in oh nine or 2010 or something like that and after that he retired he never he, he never went back to full-time playing again because making it to 55th and just barely missing out and he was in the top 10 for like day three and four and just the stress that that put on him he's like yeah. i'm done moved totally back to pittsburgh it. and he was like I'm, I'm out of it i can't i can't i can't handle that stress anymore so, mm -hmm. totally get it yeah absolutely we'll, we'll, we'll do a, a poker podcast one night, <laughs> yeah you know? i love it yeah I love absolutely it. all right so anyway everybody dfs no punt intended right here on dsm media live facebook twitter twitch youtube we're really trying to pump up the YouTube page, so we're on the road to 500. Again, everybody, the beard comes off Tuesday. If we hit 500 subscribers by Tuesday, I have not shaven my beard off completely in a, over a decade. So if we hit 500 subscribers, people, it's coming off. So make sure you go over there, hit the subscribe button on YouTube, everybody. It's the best way to interact with all the shows on DSM Media seven days a week. Again, as always, we're brought to you by Manscaped, like every other podcast is. And uh, use promo code DFS at checkout. Get you 20% off. But let them know that Jason and I sent you from this show, manscaped.com. Oh, we got something there? No, no, no. You're doing a promo. Like, do do the promo. But I, I just want to make sure I subscribe properly. Like, what do I, what do I type in? Uh, the link that I shared on Twitter tonight of got the you. show, just hit that. Hit subscribe. It brings up we, – we've, we've got 16 shows on YouTube uh, seven days a week from this brand. 
covering a range of sports topics and all different things. Lots of great contributors. Um, I'm super proud of the DSM team. We do a, we, I, I know I'm partial because I'm, I'm part of the team, but I think we do a pretty damn good job there, you know, every single day on DSM media. Um, yeah, everybody have a great night. Let's all cash big in GPPs. Let's all win money. And let's all play Cam Newton this week. I'm telling you, Cam Newton is the play. And I'm going to lose all my money this week. Everybody have a great night. Again, see ya. Thank you very much for coming on. Jason, as always, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Thanks, brother. Yeah, everybody have a great night.